Supporting Freedom Church. We're back online, and I must tell you, I don't like it. But I just want to honor the team, the IT guys, who through lockdown last year and again today have done an incredible job with this background, the recording that we're in. I especially want to honor Carl and Pete as they've played a massive role in extending God's kingdom through the power of the gospel. You know, they say, and I don't quite know who they are, but they say that the first service of the beginning of the year is the most one of the most well attended of the year besides Christmas and Easter. I wonder why that is. I wonder why the first service in January is one of the most well attended services. Maybe it's because people are tired of, of living in a certain way. Maybe people have been living with the same mindset. Uh, they've been going through life year after year after year, doing life thinking the same way. And, and maybe people come to church beginning of a new year because they want to try and, and, and go through a new year with a different approach. And so I want to pray today that as we read God's word, it's going to come alive to you. That the power of the gospel is going to transform your mind, the way you live, the way you think in 2021. And so can you pray with me that God's word is going to change all of our lives today? Amen. God, I thank you for your word that is alive, that is still very much applicable for us at a time like this, especially at a time like this. I pray, God, that each person who listens, who watches today, will allow your gospel to change the way they've been living. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in the book of Luke today. If you're sitting in your bed or you're watching in your lounge, I'd love you to open your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 15. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today. And so if you've got your smartphone, open it up to that Bible app and click on the New Living Translation today. You can follow with me. It might be on your screen. It's Benoni though. I don't know. Anything can happen in Benoni. So here's the title of this morning's message. It's a two-part. Today's part one. Next week, Lord willing, will be in part two. Title of this morning's message today, Are You Living Like a Son in 2021? Quite cool, eh? I made it up myself. Are you living like a son in the Father's house in 2021? So we're going to read through Luke chapter 15 from verse 1 to 25. And Lord willing, next week we'll carry on in part 2. Let's get straight into God's word today. New Living Translation says this, verse 1, chapter 15. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen and hear Jesus teach. It's a proper one-liner. Hey? There's a sermon in that. Tax collectors, other notorious sinners, they came. They came to hear Jesus preach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the law complain they complained, eh? Because sinners came to hear Jesus teach. They complained because Jesus was associating himself with such sinful people, even eating with them. So, so Jesus told them stories. So, because the Pharisees and the religious guards were complaining, they were grumbling, they were moaning. Because of that, Jesus told them 
a couple of stories. First, he tells them about the shepherd and how the shepherd's got a hundred sheepies. And he leaves those 99 because one of those sheepies has gone off. He tells them about that. He tells them that the shepherd goes after the one sheepie and finds him. And he tells another story. Jesus tells a story about a woman. She's got 10 coins. And she loses one of them. She turns the house upside down, inside out, because she wants to find the one coin that's gone missing. And then Jesus says, and I love the way the New Living Translation phrases it in verse 11. It says, to illustrate the point further. What point? That he was speaking to the religious guys and the Pharisees. Those guys that were living year after year after year, not understanding what it meant to be a son. They never really knew what it meant to be a son of the father. They didn't quite understand what a son meant. So to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before I die. I want my share of the estate now. He, he might have looked at his dad thinking, heck, my dad's so healthy. He's living such a healthy life. He's got a couple more years. I, I want my estate now. I can't wait. I, I want it now. So his father agreed. Yeah, there's always risk, eh, when, when you give somebody else free will. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and he climbed on a specialized bicycle. I'm looking around in this bike shop. I don't see any specialized bicycles here. This is a proper shop. You don't get specialized here. He climbed onto his bicycle. This son rode away. He walked away and he moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. It's a lovely Bible term, that wild living, but it's actually debauched living. Prostitutes, drinking, wild parties, and everything else that goes along with that. If they grew weed in those days, he probably would have smoked that too. And then it says, about the time that this man's money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. It doesn't just rain, eh? it pours. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying. Of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And he has this proper one-liner that you've got to grasp today. Catch this. He says, I am no longer worthy of being called your son. In other words, Dad, I've stuffed up so badly. In other words, Dad, I've made so many wrong Bad choices. I can't be called your son. 
I can't be called your son because of where I've been, because of what I've done. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your son. I wonder if you've been living year after year after year thinking, I don't deserve to be a son of God. And maybe you're starting 2021 and you're about to carry on another year thinking again the same way, the same mindset, the same thought patterns. I don't deserve to be a son of God. I will never be good enough to be a son of God. I want to read the next verse. From the Passion Translation. Because if you can get this verse today, friends, it can change the way you live in 2021. Let me be honest with you. This verse has changed the way I'm busy living. It's changed the way I'm going into 2021. And it's still changing the way I'm thinking. Because for many years, many years, I've lived in the Father's house. For many years, I, I mean, I gave my life to him, I accepted him as my heavenly father when I was a young teenage boy. Sure, I've been a Christian and I've been living in the father's house, but not fully, not fully as a son. And in the last year or two, God has done something incredible in my life. And I'm trusting, as I share this with you today, I'm trusting that he will too do that in your life, where you will live a life in 2021, thriving as a son of God. And ladies, I assume that you know this is for you too, that you thrive in 2021 as a son, as a daughter of God. This next verse from the Passion Translation frames up what I've seen God do in my life. Catch this, verse 20. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming. He saw his son coming dressed as a beggar. And a great disappointment. And a great shame. And a great anger. How dare, how dare you come back? No, 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 no. Carry on reading. A great compassion. A great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father, it says this in the passion, the father raced towards him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender Love. Jesus is telling this story, asking, do you know this father? And I'm asking you at the beginning of 2021, as I share this with you today, do you know the father? Do you know this father? Father of compassion. You see, for far too long, the, the church has been full of beggars. Beggars coming to church with just a flicker of hope, just a glimmer of hope. Thinking hope, I hope I could just be a beggar in the house of my father. I hope God will just accept me as a beggar. On Wednesday, Wednesday morning, I'm riding my bike with my mates. We stop at the coffee shop. My phone rings. I answer it. I walk away from my mates and I start speaking to a man in our church. In fact, I've seen him in this bike shop on a number of occasions, and he's crying on the phone as he's driving to work. He says to me, Foxy, I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness from God. He says, and I don't know what words to say. I thought, wow, this man is so badly wanting to be reconciled, to be restored again with his heavenly father. He wants forgiveness. He wants to be restored as a son of God. And so as I stood outside the coffee shop with my mask on, 
I prayed with him. I didn't pray for him. I prayed with him. As he restored his relationship back with his heavenly father. And maybe you're sitting in your lounge watching today. Maybe you're driving to work listening to this podcast today. I want to ask you, do you know this father? Do you know about this God who would race towards you and hug you and embrace you and kiss you and sweep you up in his arms? Do you know this father? Do you know him like that? Or is he the one that stands with great disappointment, anger? How dare you? Because those are the ones that Jesus was telling this story to. The Pharisees, the very religious ones, the ones living as slaves under the law, the ones who didn't quite know what it meant to be a son. What's interesting is that the father doesn't just say the right things. You know, talk is cheap, eh? The father puts into action what his words have said. Read on here with me. His father said to the servants, quick, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. You know, the robe was like the family seal. The robe was a symbol of making covenant with your family. Something what we see on the rugby field when the Springboks are playing the All Blacks. And it's an incredible game. And in the last minute, the Springboks beat the All Blacks. A very momentous occasion. And as a sign of what's just happened on the field, the Springboks exchange jerseys with the All Blacks. That's what's happening here between the father and the son. The father gives him the robe, the family robe. He says, I want everybody to see you wearing the family robe. And the son, the son takes that robe and he puts it on because he knows he's been restored with his father. It's a covenantal moment, friends. An undisputed sign that his relationship with his dad has been restored. Let's read on. The father said, get a ring. Get a ring. Put it on his finger and put sandals on his feet. You wear a ring. You give a ring to your spouse when you get married. It's a sign of the covenant that you're making with your spouse. It's a sign that this father wants everyone to know, he's my son. He's wearing the family ring. And then he says, put sandals on his feet. Why, why did he say that? Because it didn't, didn't matter where that son had walked. It didn't matter where that son had been. That son no longer walked with guilt. That son no longer walked with shame. This son now walks with freedom because he's been restored from his past and he's been completely restored with his father. And then the cherry on the top, the fattened calf. You know that the fattened calf was the most expensive meat that they had. And so this is telling us that the father spared no expense to restore his son. That fattened calf was saved for special moments when it was put onto the spit. Not just for the family. It was moments, it was events for the community when they brought out the fattened calf and they celebrated a special moment. So he was restored not only in the private place with his family, but he was, re he was restored in the public place with the community. Why? He, the son was restored and the father wanted everyone to know that he's back as his son. You know, you know that the son came back to his father's house 
And he found that there was enough food to spare and there was enough grace to spare. God's grace, God's forgiveness was way too much for his sin and his shame. And Jesus tells the story. Jesus sets this platform because he's speaking to those who just don't get it. They've got access to the Father. They do, but they're not living as true sons. You know, we sometimes blame God for the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in, eh? Think about it. Have you ever found yourself saying to somebody, God did this to me? We find ourselves blaming God for the choices that we make. I'm in a financial crisis, Daryl. God's done this to me. No, 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 no. You've overspent on your credit card. You haven't been disciplined with your finances. My marriage is in a mess, Daryl. God has made this happen to me. No, 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 no. No, no. You stopped spending time with your spouse. Maybe you walked away from your spouse. Maybe you didn't walk away physically. Maybe you walked away from your spouse emotionally. You no longer connected emotionally with your spouse. You switched off. You made the decision. Not God. You see, God loves you and us so, so much, friends, that He gives us free choice. God doesn't control us. And then He gives us free will. And there's always a risk. There's always a risk when you allow somebody to exercise free will. I want to tell you today, sir, that if you've made some bad news decisions out of your own free will, maybe you've made some decisions that you so regret, ma'am, I want to tell you that in Hebrews chapter 7, it says Jesus Christ will save you to the uttermost. That meaning, I looked it up on Google, the meaning of that word uttermost is the furthest, the greatest, the most extreme, the highest degree. Have you messed up? Are you the furthest away from God that you've ever been in your life? He can save you to the uttermost. Have you messed up in the greatest way possible? Have you walked away from your heavenly Father in the most extreme, the highest degree possible? I want to tell you today that Jesus can save you to the uttermost. Just get on your knees. Just come back home and ask Him, to save you. This week, I've been playing over and over and over in my mind, in my brain, a situation that happened on Tuesday morning. I cannot stop thinking about it. And it's changed the way I've understood this story in Luke chapter 15 about the father and his son. And it's given me new perspective. Can I share it with you? My son and I, Tuesday morning, we went out for a bicycle ride around the airport with a group. And right in the beginning of the ride, my son says to me, Dad, I want to sprint at the end of the ride. Dad, we've been practicing. You've shown me how to sprint. I want to sprint the guys at the end of the ride on Atlas Road by the Mug and Bean. I want to. And so I agreed. Just like that heavenly father who agreed to give 
his son, his inheritance. I agreed to let my son sprint at the end of the coffee ride. And so at the end of the ride, I watched him ride away from me. I watched him sprint the guys on Atlas Road. I watched my son make a decision. Just like that father watched his son walk away, I watched my son make a decision. I watched him from behind. I watched him do what he wanted to do. And I saw him getting closer and closer and closer to the rider on his right hand side. I saw him getting closer and closer and closer to the rider on his left hand side. I watched him getting closer and closer and closer. And I watched him. I saw him hit his handlebars with the cyclist on the left of him. I saw him crash at over 55 k's an hour. I saw his bike in the air. I saw my little boy rolling on the tar and bouncing like a soft ball. I saw him. I was there. I was watching him from behind. I never took my eyes off of him. And then I braked and I stayed behind him. Because I didn't want any other cyclists to hit him. I was scared of other cars coming and maybe riding into him. I stayed behind him and I didn't take my eyes off of him. Have you ever felt like your heavenly father has taken his eyes off of you? I want to tell you in Job 36, it says that your heavenly father will never take his eyes off of you. He will never take his eyes off of the righteous. And although my son thought that I wasn't watching him when he was bouncing around on the top, oh, I was there. I was right behind him. Nothing, nothing was going to separate me from being with my son and loving him. And so too for you, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of your heavenly father. Romans chapter 8 tells you that nothing can separate you, sir. Nothing, ma'am, can separate you from the love of your heavenly Father. That means that no decision that you've made in your past can separate you from the love of your heavenly Father. Absolutely nothing. No choices, no decisions can separate you from the love of your heavenly Father. And as my son lay there on the side of the road, I held him and I stroked my hand through his hair and I saw his tears under his eyes, tears of pain, sure, tears of emotion, tears of trauma and I wiped away each tear from his eye. Have you cried tears of physical pain in your life? Have you cried tears of emotional pain in your life? Have you, have you cried tears of sadness? You've got to know that your heavenly Father has collected all your tears and He keeps them in a bottle. Psalm 56. He's seen every tear that you've cried. I don't know where you've ended up in life. I don't know how you've ended 2020. I don't know how you're starting 2021. I don't know where you're at emotionally. I don't know where you're at physically. And I've got no idea where you're at spiritually. I don't know if you feel like you're lying on the side of the road, bleeding out or battered and bruised. But do you know 
that your heavenly father has not taken his eyes off of you. Maybe you've been living far away from God and now you're a beggar and you don't feel worthy to be called his son again because you think God is a father who stands with disappointment and anger. How dare you? No, 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 no. Your father has been waiting. He's been watching, waiting for you to come home, ready to embrace you and kiss you and restore you as his son. Do you know this God? Do you know him like that? I challenge you this morning. Don't you want to come back home? Because you are worthy to be called a son. You are worthy to be called a daughter. You can walk into 2021 completely restored. Come back to the Father. Start living as a son again. In Jesus' name. Amen.